It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy hump day. Everybody's talking about the interval between mm-hmm. the first shot of the vaccine and the second booster shot. Bonnie Henry recommending we're going to go to a four-month interregnum period there between the shots. Uh, divided opinion on it, but it seems like she's starting to get more support for the idea, right? Yeah, I don't think there's actually much division. Uh, well, we, Trudeau's science officer calling it a human experiment. And she's all by herself. Uh, now uh-huh. you've got other governments are coming on board. Alberta and Ontario are about to follow the lead. We've got Check Out Global Online uh, coverage and other stations. The number of uh, infectious disease specialists now who are coming out saying the same thing. The science supports the four-month interval. So you're going to see this, as, as we predicted yesterday on the show, This is going to be the new standard because the science supports it. And people say, well, we don't have a four-month study. That's not the point. The point is the the data that's come out and continues to come out around the world uh, supports the thesis that the dose is very the first dose is very effective. Pfizer compressed their 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 testing into a relatively short period of time. They needed that vaccine approved very quickly, which is great for them. But since Pfizer's uh, clinical trials of you know a relatively small number of people, we've literally had millions of people get the dose and millions of bits of data t- to be analyzed to show how strong. It okay, is. well let me play this for you because I don't think that science off Trudeau science office is necessarily all alone on this. I mean, I've heard some other expert opinion on it. Let me play one for you. This is Dr. Lena Wen. She is a medical analyst, uh, former chief health commissioner in the city of Baltimore. She is on CNN all the time on vaccines. And here's what she says about this idea of delaying the second dose. The studies were conducted for both Pfizer and Moderna with the second dose given within three weeks or four weeks, depending on um, on the vaccine. And the key is to follow the science. We don't know what happens, how long the immunity lasts. We don't know how complete that protection is. We don't know what happens if you get the second dose several weeks after or several months after when it was initially attended. And I think there is enough vaccine hesitancy and concern in this country. The last thing that we want to do is to add more unnecessary concern. Okay, so, you know, she's worried. She's a TV commentator. Well, uh, she's a former she's a former medical health officer, yeah, commissioner well, in a major sci- U.S. city. Other scientists are coming out by the droves looking at the data now uh, that suggests that uh, this is an acceptable interval. And again, the United States is not a thing to compare to Canada. They've got so much vaccine down there. It's not a concern to them. For this. They can put enough second doses in the arms of people where it's, it's a, sort of an apples and oranges well, comparison. Well, is that why Bonnie Henry is doing that? Because... We're trying is, to- is she doing it? Here's the, here's the thing I'm wondering. Is she doing this because we've got an, uh, uh, a disrupted vaccine supply in the past and we'd like to have more vaccine than we've got and that's why we're doing this? We're making, we're making do with what we got? Or is she doing this because it's just the right thing to do? Well, I think it's the right thing to do because we're trying to get as oh. many very effective first doses in the arms as as many people as possible. The argument is, is it better to have... 90% of the population with one dose right, by, by July, right. or is it better to have 40% of the population with two doses? Okay. And I think the public health argument, the science argument, it's better to have as many first doses as possible. Okay. Some people, like notably Trudeau's science officer, called this a human experiment, but Dr. Bonnie Henry is saying 
No, we're we're doing this based on data, right? So this is not just a stab, in, a stab in the dark. So NACI, which is the National Advisory uh, Committee on Immunizations, is uh, supporting this, according to the Global Mail, using their sources. Our colleague Justin Hunter has a piece in the in the yes. My information from my sources in the health is that is exactly what NACI is about to do. Now they're an advisory committee; they're not they don't make the rules; they just advise, and they're going to advise the a very important committee. And people follow NACI because it's right. basically all the experts are on NACI. Now you got Alberta and Ontario saying they want to follow the lead here as well. So yeah, science. Uh, there's more scientists and medical and experts, yeah. infectious disease experts, backing this approach than there are not. Right. It does seem like the train is going down the tracks here on this thing. So here's Dr. Bonnie Henry uh, talking about this. She said, "Look, this is the right call to make on the data that we got." Here she is. We are confident in the decisions we've made right now, and we're going to know a whole lot more by the time we get to uh, June and July. Okay, the upside of this is we vaccinate a whole lot more people very yeah. quickly. Yeah, and so right now, if you see what's happening in long-term care homes, 95% uh, of the people who live and work in long-term care have received the vaccine. Many of them have had two doses, but everyone's had one dose. The number of infections has just dropped off uh, the cliff. It's just not happening, and that, that's part of the data. And that's also happening in other jurisdictions as well, which is why we're trying to get as much as this first dose, which is very strong, into the arms of as many people as possible to stop the infections, to stop the hospitalizations and the deaths. Let's talk about the trivia night, uh, the famous oh, yeah. trivia night at the pub in, Maple in Port Moody, where a lot of people got sick with COVID. At the St. James's Well Irish Pub, they had the tacos and trivia night a few weeks ago. People may have heard about the uh, how it turned into a super spreader event. You got new information on that, right? Well, uh, Fraser Health uh, put out a really neat infographic, which shows what happened here. One person walks into the pub. Uh, and is positive with the virus, infects 28 people there. Yeah. They leave the pub and they go to different uh, destinations. Two of them are daycare workers. They go to their daycare and infect 27 people, who then in turn infect 15 more people. Eight people go to different workplaces, two industrial sites, two offices, a restaurant and a store. A number of people are infected there. Ten uh, have close contacts. One school is uh, infect an entire class house to isolate. At the end of the day, that one person walking into that trivia night, which is actually against the law, you're not supposed to have events, ends up, and this is the chain effect, the dominoes, 296 people get sick, have to self-isolate, stay off work, stay out of school for two weeks. That's but they're the not impact. shutting down the pubs, though. Not shutting down the pubs, but that's one, uh, not yet. But I think uh, the prospect of that happening, I think, is diminishing as we get closer to... Uh, a combination of warmer weather and more and more people getting vaccinated. Shows you how quickly, though, this can spread from exactly. one event. And that's why, that's why events are banned right now. Yeah. Okay, let me uh, ask you about one other uh, item that we talked about earlier on the show here, and that is the potential for Aaron O'Toole, the federal conservative leader, to do a bit of a 180 flip-flop here and possibly endorse a federal carbon tax. There's some speculation that he might do that, and also some speculation that some of his, his own MPs might be very unhappy about it. I spoke to Dan McTagg on the show earlier today. He's a former Liberal MP, now the head of Canadians for Affordable Energy, and here was his take on it. Mr. O'Toole shared my former riding. Uh, he also asked me to run in 2019, by the way. Uh, he's dead wrong. Yeah, you're a, for, you're a former just, MP, just to remind the listeners about former, that. Former yeah. liberal MP. Right, yes. This <laughs> is on the former. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yes, no, I think if, if this is in fact correct, and I'm going to give uh, the benefit of the doubt to the, uh, to the leader, uh, trying to mimic the federal liberals in the next election will get him zero votes. It will cost him votes, not just out in Western Canada. Here I'm talking Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, Interior, B.C., Okay, your take on O'Toole. 
Well, you know, I, our colleague Andrew Coyne in the Global Military has a great column on O'Toole. The headline is uh, Aaron O'Toole has to pick a lane. He's trying to have it both ways. He's trying to appeal to the social conservative, the raw red meat uh, part of the caucus. He's also trying to appeal to the sort of true blue uh, classic conservative part of the caucus uh, who don't agree on a lot of issues. And uh, he's getting squeezed. He's getting squeezed by, by the right and he's getting squeezed by Trudeau. And he, he has to pick a lane and it's v- proving very hard and elusive for him. Well, to he's got to move to the center, doesn't he, if he wants to beat Trudeau? Well, he, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think he does because I don't think there's enough votes out there on the right. But he's worried about alienating his, his right wing base. And uh, again, it's it's a very difficult well, a carbon, a carbon tax would be a good way to alienate yeah. his base. Well, and the problem is that the party has shrunk. It's now a party oh. of Alberta and Western Canada. It's trying to f- find a way to get into urban Toronto, urban Vancouver. Perhaps a carbon tax is the way to do that, but you embrace a carbon tax there, you may l- lose your support in the seats where you're strongest right now, and you end up with nothing. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. There's lots of phone calls. Let's go right to them. Dave and Mission. Hey, Dave. Hello. Hi. Uh, uh, I'm a uh, snowbird, and if there, uh, if I don't get my vaccination until July or August, and they're holding it off for four weeks or four months after that, uh, if they open up the borders, I'll be down south. Well, then don't go. <laughs> if you want your second <laughs> dose. Now, you can, you can also, if, if you open the borders, and I think that's a remote possibility, but it could happen. Um, there are Canadians right now who go to the United States and, and get a vaccine. And they get the, they got lots of vaccine lots in the of United States. States. So you can, I mean, if you want your second dose um, and you go to the States, and if you can get down there, uh, it's possible. I actually know some people have done that. I know people yeah. have gone down and got vaccinated. I mean, Joe Biden was out yesterday saying that they're going to have enough vaccine for everybody in the United States by May. Yeah, they've got a domestic supplier. I mean, that's yeah. that's the beauty of having domestic supply. We're at the mercy of uh, Pfizer and Moderna, which are not based in Canada. Let's go to Robert in Parksville. Hey, Robert. Yeah, good morning. A uh, quick question regarding um, what Henry said the other day and uh, essential workers being vaccinated at the same time as older people. Quick question. Uh, 20-year-old grocery bagger going to get vaccinated at the same time as a 6-year-old woman? Or what kind of mess is that going to... Uh, it, you know, uh, create, are you going to have to show that you work at a place, ID? How are mm-hmm. they going to do that over the phone? What kind mm-hmm. of screening is there going to be? Yep. Um, I'll hang up and you can listen to Thank it. Thank you yeah. for the call. All good questions. Uh, we hope to get yeah. some answers to that on Friday. Uh, really, now with AstraZeneca coming in in a relatively yeah. short period of time, those questions have to be answered relatively quickly. Now, a gro- 20-hour grocery store uh, clerk, I don't think they're going to be on the very front of the queue here. I think we're talking first responders, probably teachers, commercial truck operators because they supply the, the uh, supply chain um, and other um, non-essential health. She mentioned uh, workers in specifically vulnerable industries like poultry pr- production yeah, food, food, plants. food processing plants will likely yeah. be up there. Uh, 20-year-old grocery clerk, I don't think it would be in the first wave Although, of that. interestingly enough, though, in, in an earlier iteration of the plan, they did have they, they grocery were, store workers They listed. were part of it. So, yeah, if you go back, the initial plan was not to do it based on age. It yeah. was based on age for the older group over 80, but then it would get into uh, very broadly defined essential service workers. And we're going back to that with AstraZeneca, but we're remaining on the age base with Pfizer. And but Moderna. she has not ruled out moving up essential workers in the queue, but hasn't specifically outlined exactly how that's going well, to happen. Well, she basically indicated they will move up in the queue, but okay. they're going to get AstraZeneca. They're going to yeah. be offered AstraZeneca. Let's put it that way. Let's go to Benny in Abbotsford. Hey, Benny. Yeah, we need to stop nitpicking and bickering over whether we get one shot or two shots uh, 
uh, four months from now. We need to get this show on the road. We need to vaccinate as many people as possible, just like your guest said. One shot is better than no shots, and we need to get this going so, so we can get back to normal life. I'm sick and tired of, of listening to the news media. You know, all they talk about is whether or not we should go ahead with, with this vaccine. Let's follow Bonnie Henry, and let's all get vaccinated. Okay, okay, no, Benny. Benny. Thanks, Benny. Benny and the Jets. Another cup of coffee. He's fired up <laughs> like a jet. But he's right. Psychologically, uh, people want as many people vaccinated as quickly as possible. And well, that's, you know, Bonnie Henry would love to hear this because this is what she has in mind, right? Like, let's get going. Let's get going. Now, again, yeah. we're at the mercy of foreign manufacturers. We want, uh, we've got Trudeau promising a million doses arriving soon, but let's see it. Uh, but I do think uh, the, the pendulum has swung now yes. over to seeing pe- uh, vaccines come in. There was some real, un- un- some uh, sort of... Uh, hesitancy or a lack of clarity, put it that way, a couple weeks ago, whether we're going to get those big doses, but they seem to be coming in. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 in your cell. Don in Vancouver. Hi, Don. Hey. uh, So my comment is about Trudeau. Uh, Listen, uh, you know, we need another party that is more centered. Uh, O'Toole's got to shed the guys on the right. There's no other viable choice. Like, uh, There's a lot of us that are fed up with Trudeau but we have nobody to choose to choose from. So I think uh, O'Toole, you know, moving more to the center is going to create a new base for him. Uh, maybe um, take more from the center. Okay, thanks for the call. Well, well O'Toole did move to get rid of Derek Sloan, yep. who was on the kind of the right fringe of the party. And so he has made these sort of moves to the center, but the, every the time question he moves is it going to work. Every time he moves to the center, he takes another step back to the right. And this is uh, the problem with him, is he's trying to have it both ways. And I think there's more votes in the center. There's more, more votes to be had in um, Greater Toronto. Uh, Metro Vancouver, but he's competing with the Liberals there who are really moving center-left. I think he's in a real difficult position. I mean, if you take a look at the opinion polls right now, I mean, this is why Trudeau, I think, secretly wants this election, is going to try and find a way to trigger it. After we get enough vaccines. If the vaccine really starts to ramp up here, as promised, I I think we're probably into an election campaign. Mike in Maple Ridge. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. I love your show. Um, I really have to agree with uh, Benny and the Jets there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, my my question is or state issue is that it never ceases to amaze me that uh, there are people um, who have absolutely no science or medical background second guessing Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, her staff and her World Health contacts. Um, I'm really surprised that all of a sudden everybody has a degree in science and medicine. I my my <laughs> advice would be. Come on, folks, just let her do her job. Well, Dr. Mona, thank you for the call. Dr. Mona Namer is is uh, not exactly uh, an amateur. She's the chief science officer to advisor to the prime minister. But she's not an epidemiologist. One thing I've discovered early, I remember er, very early on, the emergency room doctors at Royal Columbian challenged all the public health uh, issues that were uh, protocols that were coming out, and the doctors of BC got involved and said, "You know, knock it off. You're not an epidemiologist. There are different specialties. You don't see epidemiologists criticize heart surgeons." Let's go. He's got a minute left. Elaine in Victoria. Hi, Elaine. Got to go quick. Uh, just sort of speaking to that last person that talked about the emergency room doctors. Yeah. I just feel that the emergency doctors that have been cut off from this vaccine, second vaccination, is completely unfair. I don't think it's right. 
I appreciate what she's doing, but I think anybody that's going to be within a foot of a COVID patient should have mm. every protection that they have well, available. Th- thank you, Elaine. Thank you, Elaine. You're 20 seconds. Yeah, they are covered in the in this wave right now. Of, uh, but she's well, saying don't, she's saying don't make them wait for the second dose. And they're not waiting. So that group is already in the vaccination queue. That's okay. that we're talking something completely different. Thanks a lot.